Psalm 119, verses 33 to 40, and I'm reading from the Good News Translation. A prayer for understanding. Teach me, Lord, the meaning of your laws, and I will obey them at all times. Explain to me your law, and I will obey it. I will keep it in my heart. Keep me obedient to your commandments, because in them I find happiness. Give me the desire to obey your laws rather than to get rich. Keep me from paying attention to what is worthless. Be good to me, as you have promised. Keep your promise to me, your servant, the promise that you make to those who obey you. Save me from the insults I fear. How wonderful are your judgments. I want to obey your commands. Give me new life, for you are righteous. These are the words of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 14. Love fulfills the law. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. have a quiet time to reflect on those readings as we hear a little music, Come Down, O Love Divine.
pray. Come, Holy Spirit, love divine. Create a space in our hearts and our lives for your word of grace and truth. Amen. The national debt. Shall we discuss that this morning? For hundreds of years, our government has been borrowing money, money to find, fund its activities. I believe the first borrowing was probably almost 300 years ago. Some war or other required the borrowing for national debt. And that amount of borrowing has steadily increased until 10 years ago an incredible uh, landmark was reached. The, the borrowing had reached one trillion pounds, a million million pounds. I'm not quite sure what the church would look like with a trillion pounds. It would, don't, not actually sure how much uh, that would, would actually weigh. But it reached that 10 years ago. This year, with the effects of the lockdown and the pandemic, the debt has broken new records, reaching two trillion pounds. Two million million pounds. And how exactly we get out of that level of national debt is a matter of fierce debate. Do we borrow more to stimulate the economy so that tax revenues increase? Or do we cut spending, return to austerity measures, not that we've escaped some of those? Do we increase tax, tax on the rich or tax on everybody? Well, if you want to help out, please send a cheque to Rishi Sunak, payable to Her Majesty's Treasury for the sum of £40,000. If every adult does this, we'll cancel the national debt tomorrow. For the time being, anyway. Any volunteers this morning? What a lovely feeling to clear all your debts, to pay off the mortgage. I don't know what that feels like, but I believe it's quite a, a moment. You've paid off all your debts. Or the payments on the new car or whatever. Paul was certainly one who wanted debts cleared. But he also knew that there was a debt that we could never clear. A debt that we hold with us for the whole of our lives and beyond. And that is the debt of love. Back in chapter 8, he'd spoken of the love of God in Christ Jesus. A love that holds us through life and through death. And if God so loves us, then we should love in return. We should let that love 
take root in our lives. Paul doesn't quote Jesus, but at this point he clearly has Jesus in mind. He's learnt from Jesus that love is the fulfilment of the law. To love God and to love your neighbour as yourself. That was what Jesus summed up the whole of the commandments, the greatest command to love. Now, the interesting thing here is that Paul doesn't talk about loving God. He seems to leave that to one side and move straight to love for neighbour. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your strength and mind and heart and soul. And love your neighbour as yourself. But Paul seems to have ditched God and just moved on straight to our neighbour. Why does he leave out love for God? He ignores the first five of the great commandments to, that relate to God, worship the Lord your God and God alone, do not make images, and move straight to those that relate to our relationship with other people. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not bear false witness. Why is this? Why forget God at this point? Paul wouldn't forget God. In, in a sense, that's the whole point. God is the underlying basis for all our actions and relationships. God is the love that holds us, that inspires us, that enables us to love our neighbour. And maybe Paul is also making the point that you know, loving the invisible God is sometimes easy compared to loving the visible neighbour who really annoys us, the visible neighbour who has values so different to our own, the visible neighbour in America or, or wherever that we find hard to understand or relate to. God's love for Paul is the great given. It's the basis, the foundation for all our loving. It challenges, it inspires us to love in return, to love our neighbour. It's not always easy to love the neighbour. And so often we ask the question, well, who is my neighbour? Who is the person that I am responsible, who I am called to love? And so often we draw the lines too narrowly. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan to challenge those who saw their neighbour as those within their, their nation, within their religion, within their own social group. 
love your neighbour, love, love your own, but the rest, well, they can just do their own thing. Why should I bother about them? Scripture is challenging us to widen our vision of neighbour. The neighbours that we ignore. The neighbours who are desperately poor and still need our help. And I believe in this age, in the 21st century, we need to learn that our neighbour is not simply our human neighbours, that we do have a responsibility to love the neighbours of our animal and plant kingdoms. The season of creation challenges us to love all our neighbours on this amazing, tiny, spinning planet. And the call of Paul, love does no harm to a neighbour. Who are we harming? We are clearly harming the planet and we are clearly harming the poorest of our world. Some of our trade, some of the things, the exploitation of the poor in terms of labour has to stop if we are to truly love our neighbour. Today, many within government circles are calling us to draw back from loving those of other nations, drawing back, draw back from caring for our global neighbours in all their need. Our commitment to give 0.7% of our gross, gross domestic product has been hard won. It took many, many years for that 1970 UN resolution. I remember the URC celebrated the 1% appeal. I remember that visual aid that my minister, when I was a child, put up. A hundred, a hundred rolls, and we give one to those in great need. That was 1970. It took 43 years, and we got there. And now people are calling us to give up. Well, we've got our own needs. Look after our own. What's the point of helping those in Africa or Pakistan or wherever, they say? Well, I don't always agree with Andrew Mitchell, the Conservative MP, but he was Secretary of that International Development back in 2010 to 12. And he says, he wrote in, in the Times, standing firm on this tells everyone something about our values as a country, and our commitment to changing an unequal world with its huge discrepancies of opportunity and wealth. I do not think that the House of Commons will easily agree to balance our books on the backs of the poorest women and children 
in the world. Well, I hope and pray that he is right and that the MPs follow that. But we do need to play our part. Write to your MP. Encourage him or her to, to stand up for that commitment to the poorest of our world. Yes, we have to love our local neighbour and our harvest is focusing on one can and those in difficulty in our neighbourhoods. But we need to love our neighbour far away too. In Eastern Europe, in Africa, India and Pakistan and, and wherever there is need, let us reach out and play our part. And all inspired by the love of God. Not our love for God, but God's love for us, shown in Jesus Christ. Paul says, clothe yourself with that love. Day by day, clothe yourself. As if you're, you're putting on your mask or your clothes, put on that love of Christ. May we walk that way. May we live by that command to love our neighbour, a love that does no harm to any. Amen.